Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability. She doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped. Okay, I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show. It's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical Allison. But no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to introduce my guest in a moment. But first, I must catch up with my producer, the bad boy of podcasting, who is back in California after his whirlwind rock star tour, Tony Thaxton. Hello. Hello. How are you doing since you've been back? You've done like a thousand shows, not even with your main band. And I have said that your arm is going to explode, but you keep doing shows anyway. Yeah, I keep doing them. Got another one tomorrow night. I guess by the time people hear this, it'll be, yeah, that'll already happen. But yeah, and then just keeping busy with a bunch of other stuff. I'm uh, not going to lie. I'm a little worn out right now, but uh, we're going to get through this. I I believe in us. (laughs) Thank you. What are you running from with your arms? What's that supposed to mean? What is this new obsession with my arm exploding? (laughs) Well, as discussed on the show, your arm nearly exploded. (laughs) Well, I know that part. But this newfound obsession suddenly. Well, many years ago... Your arm nearly exploded, Mm -hmm. and then you got on a plane, and then you went to a doctor, and it left you with a huge, gross, but cool scar. Uh, And now you're still drumming. Is something happening in your house? Is everything okay? (laughs) My window. I thought somebody was coming up to my door. Okay. Yeah. We're fine. To to suture your arm because they heard that you're drumming to the point of explosion? (laughs) It had nothing to do with my drumming. I fell, and I broke my arm. (laughs) And then it got infected and like blew up or something. Yeah. And then despite the fact that nature or God, whatever you believe, warned you via calamity in your arm bone, (laughs) you continue to utilize it, which I know that doctors would say is probably a good thing, but to the point of insanity. And now you're back. And you can't stop drumming. I mean, there was a show the other night that I really wanted to go to, except I'm afraid to leave my house, which is a story for every other podcast. (laughs) 
ever look ever I had COVID and you'd think that I'd be over being afraid of COVID, but now I'm more afraid of COVID because it was worse than I thought and more inconvenient. And I granted, I'm fine, but it was just a real pain in the ass, and I just don't want to get it again. So anyway, and I don't to get sick. Like nobody's good. Some people get sick tonight. Some people love it. All right, all right. Hypochondriacs. I mean, no. Well, (laughs) there's a joke that's like, "What did the hypochondriacs tombstone said?" I told you I was sick, but it's just a joke. I don't think they love it. I think they're just convinced. You know what? I think I'm wrong about all that, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're just afraid of getting sick. Yeah, that's how I always thought it was. I think you're right. I think I'm basing the... I'm basing my understanding of hypochondria on, like, a joke book that my parents had or something. (laughs) Um, No, I'm not obsessed with your arm. I'm not... Look, Tony, if we're really going to get down to brass tacks, I'm not obsessed with your arm exploding. I'm obsessed with the way your drumming is taking you away from me. That's not true. I've been on, uh, now that I'm back in town, have I missed a show? No. See? One more. What do you, uh, although I was, uh, you may be onto something though, because I, uh, oh. I, I, I did think of, uh, well, this just hit me, you know, 13, supposedly an unlucky number. Mm-hmm. It was 13 years ago that all this happened. That <laughs> is questionable logic. But <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. So I'm I know to I give you something. I know because you believe in us. It's interesting because I think about it this way. I never cared about it till the 13th year. I know that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That's yeah, this newfound obsession. Right, comes up every episode now for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Look, since you've been on this show, what are the things I've been obsessed with? Termites in my studio and your arm exploding. <laughs> yep, those are the options. And not getting COVID. And not Zoom. Getting, You're obsessed and- with Zoom. No, you're obsessed with Zoom. <laughs> In a very different way, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. Enough of all that. Oh, no. And also, I'm also obsessed with the fact that normally I have a few different lights on, but I only I turned on one of them, or I forgot to turn on a couple of them, and lo and behold, I look, I mean, like like a vision, and it maybe I don't need the other ones. So I've decided to let this recording happen YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen if you want to see what I'm saying. Um, I've decided to, to just let it roll without the other ones, but I will periodically be concerned that I should have turned on all the lights. That's my other obsession. Tony's arm and my face. Boy, just riveting content. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm the queen of segues, uh-huh. not content. <laughs> Anyway, I'm very excited to welcome to my podcast. She is an author of numerous books, both for adults and she's written for kids. Uh, and she's written for a number of magazines. She and I both lived in New York at different times. I have been on her podcast. You've certainly heard her podcast. She's been talking at length about a perfume that I need to ask her about. She's the host of a podcast called G Thanks Just Bought It. Please put your hands together for Caroline Moss. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome. How's Thank it going? Thank you for having me. It's going. It's going. It is going. It is going, isn't it? It is. Now, it if, is. If you worked with someone whose arm had nearly exploded 13 years ago and mm-hmm. then they wouldn't stop drumming, mm-hmm. like they were in a, they went and did a show and they played in two different bands on the same night. And then they were like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm going to be playing for like 14 more bands. And they had just gotten off of a tour. Wouldn't you be like, 
I think you're in danger of your arm exploding again. Yeah, like I've seen that episode of Grey's Anatomy, and yes. it doesn't end well. Yes. It's like the seventh season, they're mm-hmm. starting to jump the shark a little bit. Right. I've seen it. Did you You're going to be seeing it soon, too, Tony. Let me tell you. In a different way. I don't know. Did you watch Grey's Anatomy to the very end? No. First of all, it's still on. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think think it's 21st season or something. No. I gave up on Grey's Anatomy somewhere between... Probably after the episode with the guy whose arm exploded after the drumming. I think I was like, I can't. This is too real to to life. I can't watch it anymore. Was there really an episode where No, Allison! (laughs) Oh, no! It's a pilot. Oh my gosh, you're one of those people. You think you're the only one who can be funny in the room. You're one. You're like, oh, I've never heard anyone else tell a joke before. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fu- no. What's so funny? Where did you hear that? That's uh, not really. Um, no, it, that's not what it is. I appreciate everyone's humor. I'm just very gullible, and I have become significantly more dumb lately. I don't know what it is. It's the co. It's the. It's the COVID. I really think it might be. You. Well, look, after 21, I'm now. I'm thinking it's. I'm saying it's 21 seasons. It's somewhere between like 18 and 21 seasons. It is. I assume they just looked it up. 19. 19. Okay, so yeah, Thank somewhere you. between 18 and 21 seasons. There are 19 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and I probably you're probably. 24 episodes a season there is an episode like that probably yes i i'm trying to think when i isn't it funny no one can it's like the opposite you know how they say like when a big event happens like you'll always know where you like i know where i was when i heard about 9 11 you always know where you were but no one remembers what was going on when they stopped watching Grey's anatomy no no possible to know no one ever knows that you might be turning on Grey's Anatomy for yeah. the last time. Right. It's sad. It's it like is when, sad. It's like when a friend dies. Yeah, like, it's exactly I, like that. I know. Okay, I think that Cali and Arizona, there was some Cali and Arizona action. Oh, you're way, you're Beyond way you? more. Oh, yeah. I, okay. Derek, in my head, McDreamy is still alive. And I know that that is actually not true, but... I never, I never got even close to him dying. Oh no, me neither. Tony, oh, okay. did you see McDreamy kick no, the bucket? No, I think the only time I've ever seen the show is when visiting my parents. Oh. Yeah, parents love Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. My parents still watch. Oh, Mine we got to find out what's well. going on. The other thing too about Grey's Anatomy, and then I'll I'll drop it, but <laughs> it is, you know, it's like we, it's like you, we know, like. You know, Law and Order, it's been on forever. You know, ER was on forever. Grey's Anatomy is now in that same category. And, you know, it's like crazy to think we were alive when it started. You know, we were alive when in 2004. And mm-hmm. we didn't know if it was going to last three seasons or 19. And here we are. I think here that's special. Are. I think that's special. Yeah, we, all of us flourishing. Right. There was a time where one of my favorite shows, Facts of Life, was the longest running show on NBC. And now all of these other shows have eclipsed it. And I actually, I know you're trying to be positive with Look at Grey's Anatomy and the three of us flourishing. (laughs) But I just think it's sad. I think it's totally sad. Have eclipsed it. Okay. We have so much to talk about. Yes. Let's just, can you please explain the, the phenomenon of Maya to me? Oh my gosh, yeah. So the Maya, it's like my it's called Maya perfume, Maya fragrance. It's a perfume oil. And this was in a PR package that was sent to me like 2 years ago, and I loved it when I wore it and uh 
got lots of compliments and just continued to wear it. And then this year, for some reason, I like decided, okay, I'm gonna. This is gonna be my scent. You know, I would. Yeah. rotate scents in and out and this was my scent and i people stopped me on the street people stopped me at the dog park my own family wow. um and i started talking about it on the g thanks instagram and uh started sort of a whirlwind of sales and and people buying it and also having that similar experience but it's a perfume oil that is supposedly it like mixes with your skin chemistry so everyone it like Smells a little different on everyone, and Glossier's done something like this. And um, there's this perfume company called uh, Juliet. Uh, Binoche. Well, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, Juliet Binoche. It's her perfume. <laughs> she is a perfume artist. Uh, I'll find the name of it. But there are these. There's like a couple of other scents like this in the in the beauty world where it's like mixes with your pheromones and Mm -hmm. like releases but this is the one that works on me because like glossiers didn't work on me at all and that's sort of the risk you take but i've gotten so much good feedback about this perfume and i honestly think it smells amazing on me and everyone else (laughs) when i first started on started looking at tiktok i remember for some reason tiktok decided like you're curious about fragrances or something now i don't even know where it has slotted me but actually now all i (laughs) Speaking of uh, hypochondria and COVID and medicine and stuff like that, now actually what it just puts me on like, I'm an oncologist. Here's five things I would never do. Or totally. Like, I'm an ER doctor. It's like a lot of medical stuff. But yeah. at the beginning, I, it was a lot of fragrance stuff. And there is some fragrance that supposedly it's like it smells like your skin, only better. That's what this is. Yeah. Okay. It's but this. It wasn't- I can't it's, remember what the name of it was. But. It might have been. It, is it not a perfume? I mean, let me Maybe. look it up. That's yes. what it is. It's Juliet has. It's called. It's called Juliet has a gun. Yes. Um, and I but, always like. I always have that name on the tip of my tongue, but then I'm like, that can't be its name. It's no, because like, that, that sounds like an Aerosmith song, right? <laughs> and I always be like, Janie has a gun, but then I'm like, nope. It's not it. And yeah. and then I'm like, that's a bad name. So I, I, I get in my head about it, so I can never really like say it out loud. But right. Yes, those are the three scents. It's it's not a perfume, which is the name of the perfume, Glossier's You, and then Maya, which all sort of boast the same thing, and I think Maya is the best of them. How would you describe both what it smells like? And people should know, you're not a perfume reporter. No. Um, you're not today, anyway. Not today. But what is? how would you describe what it smells like when you sniff the bottle and how would you describe what it smells like on your skin? I think like the best way to put it is, do you remember in 2017, 2018 when everyone was wearing Lilabo Santal 33 and it Vaguely, was like, yes, kind of like everywhere you went, it was like the woody sandalwood yes. and yes. it, and it just sort of like invoked it's, it's very similar to that, but, but better because it's not masking like I can't I can't describe it it's very hard to describe which is why it's so funny that it's been such a huge seller on the podcast because mm-hmm. it's very difficult to like sell a scent but I think that the experience of having it on and people being like what are you wearing um is just exciting enough but I think it's it has like those like kind of woodsy sandalwood vanilla e like notes that people are very into but mm-hmm. it doesn't but the thing about uh, Santal 33 is that it's like a legitimate perfume so everyone smells exactly the same wearing it right. whereas you're not getting that 
with this. How does it do that? How do, how is it a mood ring? I don't know. And like I I ask um the founder all the time. She and I are like friends now because I like won't stop talking about her product. But it's you know it's like proprietary. It's like it's like a woman in STEM kind of thing. It's like science. Hmm. I know. Um, that's. I'm so curious about it. So then, is it kind of like musky? A little bit. Yeah, I I would say so. I don't love anything that smells like too floral or too. No, me neither. Or too sugary, and this mm-hmm. isn't that. Um, there's like no food. This is there. It, this does not invoke like Bath and Body Works. You know, right? It's definitely like a little. You know what's funny? Is it a cool, of- girl? Are you like a cool girl? Does a cool girl artisanal yes. cool artisanal girl wear it yeah totally oh, I and i feel her. cooler okay. i feel cooler when i have it on and i and i think the thing that's funny is that I, a lot because a lot of people dm me and tell me how they feel about it and um yes i've seen i've seen because i follow you on yes. instagram hence yeah. my curiosity around this i gotta get you a bottle i gotta get you like a oh, the little mini yes, size please. and you please. gotta try it and i'm it's, so curious i'm obsessed with it i love it so much and um uh, the funny thing that keeps coming up time after time is like, I think like it, it really reacts to like the heat of your skin. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have been like, yeah, it's weird. Like I was sweating all day and like someone came up to me and was like, wow, you smell amazing. But I had been like moving all day. And so I was right. disgusting. I think it like kind of mixes in. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And I just try not to ask a lot of questions because I'm like, I like how it smells and I like how it smells on me. I think the only perfume that I used to get compliments on, uh, and I remember specifically being at the salad bar at my college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic <laughs> place to get smelled. Yes, I know. When you think about it, like the fact that someone was smelling my perfume at the I, salad bar I in love college. That. Meet cute to, to yes. compete with. Absolutely. And it was Body Shop White Musk. That is... A classic good smelling perfume. Wow, yeah. Oh, you're um, bringing me back. I don't. I don't wear that one anymore. Do they still make it? I believe they do. I think they oh. brought it back. Oh. But at the time, it was like in a very different container than what they sell it in now. It was like a what? What? What was it? A woman who complimented you? Was it a man? It was like, a man. Oh, okay. it was a man. Yeah. Wow. Um, I know it, it, but it didn't feel. I, it didn't feel. Uh, creepy. I don't know if he had a girlfriend or not, but it had the essence of I'm a guy with a girlfriend stopping to tell you. Like, I know what smells good because I have a girlfriend. I mean, maybe, but more just like at human to human, non-sexually, I have to let you know I appreciate how good you smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you when you feel something, you gotta say it, and I'm yeah. I'm gonna he let sm- you know. Smell something, say something. Sm- that's mm-hmm. that is the saying. Yes, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I remember reading that on the subway. <laughs> so okay, you and I were instant messaging. Not instant messaging. I don't. <laughs> who instant messages? We were on. It was 1999. <laughs> and yes, yes. My away message popped up. No, we were um, messaging on Instagram a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like, we got it. Let's just talk about this when I come on your show. And I don't remember what it was. And I could look it up. But do you remember what it was off the top of your head? 
It was like it, some phenomenon. I just you, you were like, I just want to talk about this phenomenon. It was like some social media thing that was annoying the crap out of us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Tip. I'm going to look it up right now because okay. I know we didn't talk about it because no. we talked about balsam hell Christmas trees. Yes. Um, do you, and you don't remember? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was after I had done your show. It was like we were talking. I think it was something on TikTok. Something on TikTok was irritating. You're right. Us I know. It's like on the tip. Of, I'm going to I'm scrolling right now. Okay. I'm, go- I'm looking because. OK. Oh, restock TikTok. Well, that's what you you turned me on to restock TikTok. Okay, it wasn't that then. Okay. But it was something that was annoying. Okay, you. okay, 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 okay. I think we have, Oh, I said I keep a long list of TikTok trends I hate. Oh yeah. I think we should have a conversation about this. This was back in yes. February. Yes. Uh in it, like sprinkled in with conversations about like how do you store your ornaments? If we really run the <laughs> We yes. run the gamut. <laughs> yes. Um, That's right. I need. We needed to get some ornament storage and you had posted. For anyone who doesn't know, so G Thanks Just Bought It is a shopping podcast and Caroline is, you, I'm like in awe of, I mean, we got to get into that. Like I'm in awe of what you have built and how much work you put into constantly recommending great products. And I just, I, like, you know, Thank I you. have an an Amazon, you know, thing and periodically I, I make Amazon recommendations um, with click throughs and things on Instagram, but I don't do it regularly, uh, even though I feel like I should. I have an Amazon storefront is what I mean. But you do it all the time and everything you do looks good. And I just think that has got to be so time consuming. But you are so um, you're so uh, what's the word? Um, oh, my God. Basic words leaving my head. Uh, it, 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 careful and diligent about it. Meticulous is that yes, the word you're looking yes, for? Yes, thank you. I was gonna say beautiful and hot. Yeah, um, you're so hot about it. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, you're welcome. You know, yeah, I do appreciate that. A lot. I think when you have like a literal shopping podcast, you can get away with every single Instagram story you do having a link to buy something, right? So but. you had posted uh, some recommendations for ornament storage. So I'm yes. always interested in I'm always interested in your recommendations. Oh, mm. I think what I started to say is anyone who's not following you should go follow you if they want recommendations for good products and things. Thank you. And um, you had recommended ornament storage, and then I was trying to. So then I think I, yes. I direct messaged you. Yeah, that's the word, not and in, instant <laughs> message. And, and I was asking the, like, what did you recommend? Yeah, yeah, and and I. Uh, and I'll give you a link so you can put it in the show notes of this particular show. Okay. If today in August you are all looking for ornament storage, which yes. I assume most people that is to the top of the trending um, searches. Exactly. We were talking about the different TikTok trends, the songs and like the kind of jokes that mm-hmm. we hated. And we yes. were discussing it, how our algorithms were different. Cause I was like, I hate this one. And you were like, I've never seen that one before. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was that talking to the moon song where where moms would it was like talking to the moon and then the trend was babies with like pretty eyes or like kids with pretty eyes oh, and yeah, their never- moms were filming them and they would have their eyes closed until it was like talking to the and then they'd make them their kids open their eyes at moon and their eyes were supposed to look like so ethereal. Oh my god. And I App. I don't know if you curse on this show, but I I do. We, we fucking, fucking do. hated it. Um, 
it was so infuriating to me because it, it was like, you know, you're exploiting your kids. Mm-hmm. I hated this song. Like, okay, your kid has eyes. gorgeous eyes. <laughs> But also, I think that there, I think that there was a filter at some point that when you would open your eyes, it was like, oh, you've got purple eyes. I don't think that many kids have the same eyes, you know, just like thinking about it scientifically. But I hated that. But also, it's like this conversation we had via direct message, Allison, was so long ago that it's my list of things that I hate on TikTok have been replaced like eight times over. I would like to hear some of the new ones you hate. Oh God! Yeah, sure. So I don't. I have to tell you, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. I watch everything on Reels. So, um, I watch adult. It's adult TikTok. (laughs) I have kind of moved away from TikTok a little bit too. I was super into TikTok for a while, but now has that been a concerted effort for you, or has it? No, I never got it. I never got into it. No. Well, I mean. It's I like can say that in like a really braggy way, but the truth is I just wait for it all to like move over to Instagram and then I don't have to open two different apps. Yeah. But I still watch all of the things. Um, Got it. I mean, I saw that tweet that was like, all I like I'm an, like I'm gonna do, like grow up like and watch the TikToks on Instagram two weeks <laughs> later like everyone else. Um, but yeah, okay. So what's going on right now? Like right now, I actually am going back onto TikTok a little bit because I I really like the sorority rush stuff. I think it's fun to I watch. Even, I don't even well, know. Are you serious? Also, yeah. this is, can I, I tell been, you about it? Please. I'm out I'm out of the loop. So, um Rush Talk is uh started last year and it's basically like what do you get when you take the TikTok generation and put them in the south while they're rushing greek life um and it became like a huge thing and my dog is making a new life for herself in my laundry um (laughs) it became a huge thing uh and it's now it's back so it started in august last year because they go early um they go early down to you know Bama and I don't know I went to UMass Amherst so I don't know what the schools in the south are called um but and I did not do greek life but they go down early and they have to do like rush week and bid or whatever and like it's just all of these girls that look exactly the same and they're wearing all these like sheen outfits and um they do sheen i have only ever seen that word in print i've never heard it out loud i know it's fast fashion i've never shopped there i always thought it was shine okay it's sheen got it i think it's sheen i think it's right but it could be really whatever you want it to be um you know in your heart skine um, Skyn. but the fun, the way that it started last year and the way that blew it up was that they were doing these videos where all the girls would do like their like outfit of the days, um, Ugh. where they'd get in front of the camera and they'd be like, Hey guys, like my earrings are from Sheen. My shirt is from Abercrombie. My skirt is from Amazon. My watch is from Amazon. My shoes are Converse or like my shoes are golden goose. And then they'd like move out of the way. And then their next friend would be like, um, like, Hair is from Princess Polly. Skirt skirt is from Sheen. Shirt is from Sheen. N- belt is Gucci. And it was really fun. And it was like the same cadence, the same rhythm. And um, that was sort of what got the ball, ball rolling last year. And so now it's mid-August and all the new accounts are popping mm-hmm. up. And it's just, I don't know. I just, it's very entertaining to me. Um, I gotta get I on Rush Talk. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a... Oh, you can get... That's all I'm trying to follow. I'm trying to get back on TikTok to make my algorithm 
Rush Talk only. Um, Are they self-aware at all or no? You know, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think so. But they're also 17. Yeah. Were you self-aware at 17? Oh, no. Me neither. And I also wasn't as hot as all of these girls. Like, like yes. their makeup on point. Um, Have it's you crazy. heard of this thing called... And I, I'm going to ask you because... You're both in the know, clearly, and also you worked at BuzzFeed, right? Yes. Uh, so you're super duper in the know. True. I just saw, where was I reading this? That it was somewhere, I don't know where I was reading. I was like reading about it somewhere. Um, so a couple levels removed. The millennial pause. Um, so, and by the way, because I'm even older than everyone, uh, it it's still, Tony, you might. Uh, relate to this it takes me when i'm reading about millennials it takes me a second to realize the context in which i'm reading about millennials is still is like millennials are the old people in oh yeah whatever i'm reading about we are no longer the teens yeah because i'm still of the mindset that's like these dang millennials they have no work ethic and they just want to start a job and then quit a job and it's like no 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 no, yeah, 40. they're the yeah yeah they're the like bad grown ups. So it's like oh, I don't know what I was reading, but the mille- quote unquote millennial pause. I just looked it up. It's on the Atlantic. So I'm trying to see. Okay, yeah. So millennials are editing out the millennial pause because it's a tell. Again, I'm not sure, but it's like millennials will pause when they're do- videoing themselves. They'll pause. To wait until the video starts, whereas Gen Z doesn't do that, and it, I don't. But I don't know what it's supposed to indicate, or why it's bad, or I don't. I don't get it because I'm Gen X, and we don't get stuff because we're too cool to care. I were. Are we sure that this? Is, I'm reading this. I think it's like very funny, and I love the idea that it's like people. And I, I, I personally, I love stuff like this where it's like you can tell someone's age by like the weird internet stuff that they do yeah like how my mom like for when we had aol didn't know that you had to like type in a password to get the mail thing Mm -hmm. to open and it's like right you idiot and now i'm like guilty of like pausing too much when i click record i don't like you would have to watch a lot of videos and i feel scientifically have a lot of data about the age of the person in the video a millisecond to to be able to really actually like say for certain in the atlantic.com yeah that this is a thing yeah i think this is bs oh there was another th- i maybe it was was it was it a tiktok that i was watching actually because now i'm remembering that it was like this woman was like what's a millennial to do and the other thing that millennials do is like they'll use corny internet speak in real life that, like we see, did the that, thing that absolutely i did the I think damn thing way, i did the damn thing like oh like this that makes me the internet i mean yeah. yeah everyone i didn't yeah no but but i think that's more of a tell yes. i think like a pause before a video i think you that is a reach and as a millennial i want to defend like like my culture is not your costume you know what i mean like <laughs> I, like don't like you don't know, like that pause could have been something else. But if someone is like, but also oh, sometimes epic you need bacon, to pause. Yeah, you can bully them. Yeah, sometimes you have to pause. But I don't understand. But I guess I just don't understand the problem with the pause because sometimes it does take a second for it to start recording. I mean, and they're in. Me too. But also, like, look at us. We're not twenty-two. 
But also, what does what do you mean you're not pausing? You just click record and you're already talking. What if you get? What if the first thing that you're saying gets cut off? I just don't understand. What do you, you know, mean? Like, why? I don't. Why yeah, don't I don't. I don't get, I don't it, get it. I don't. I don't. Get get it. We don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm gonna have to ask my nieces about. I I consulted them to find out whether they have any friends who part their hair on the side, and they just looked at me like I was an alien. Like, of course right. not. They all part their hair in the middle. Uh, they're teenagers, and they're very cool. And I one mean, of them has her nose pierced, and she has long nails. Cool. Look, we're not... The thing that I get very annoyed with in the discourse about this... Is the, is the word discourse or discord about it? Discourse. Unless you're talking about it on... Discord. On Discord. Okay, that's what that is. Okay, excellent. What I get annoyed about is like, remember the SNL mom jeans? Yes. Skit? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're the moms now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter what we think. And I think that people are like, oh my gosh, like, ugh, low-rise jeans are coming back, or like, thin eyebrows are coming back. It's like, not for us. They're not talking to us. We're invisible now. No one cares about us anymore. We're not women anymore. We're moms. Yeah, we're moms, or we're ghosts, or we're dead. And I think what I I don't like about the, um, the, like, conversation around this stuff is that people get very offended when they hear... Like, oh, like these millennials are, you know, pausing too much before their videos. And it's like, did you think that people that like 18 year olds were going to think we were cool? We're, <laughs> we're in our 30s. We're losers. Right. If yeah. They that can ship even has... see us at all. You know? Yeah. Uh, that ship, that has, ship sailed. has sailed. Like, yeah. you think my mom watched me leave for high school every day and thought, that's a great outfit. And I love <laughs> the makeup. I love right. what she's done with herself. And you think I looked at my mom's outfit and thought like, wow, my mom should be wearing low rise jeans because those are in right now. It's yeah. very, it's, there's a disconnect there. It's right. Like, I will be wearing high rise jeans up to my boobs until the day I die. I will never touch my eyebrows again. And if a teenager says thin eyebrows are in, I'll say, come talk to me in 15 years. Yeah. But like, these are all, these are yeah. all good points. I mean, so, and that's why I, I don't care if I pause before a video. Yeah. The, Proud the, of it. I mean, I know that the few times that I have tried to make TikToks, though, I actually have been like, oh, I guess it's already recording. I guess that's what they're talking about. You literally say that out loud? No, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I then guess I'm you're like, the. I guess, hey, you're one of those people. You're the only one who's allowed to be funny, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I. Yeah. No, I, that's what I think to myself. Congratulations about even uh, on even attempting to do a TikTok. I like <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. And I think that's the other thing too is like I don't want to spend time on there because I don't want to be in a position where I'm convincing myself like you could totally do that dance. No. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I but they've just been sort of like fancy Instagram stories, and they don't right. do well on. I mean, I don't do dances or anything. I just like talk to the camera, and then I'm like, "How do I? Uh, this feels too hard." Wait, I have to. You've been following the Mormon mom swinger thing, right? No, okay, so when you and I were direct messaging, I was like, "I'm really interested in ex Mormon TikTok," mm. but the mom swinger thing, I had already stopped looking at it, and then I kind of came back for a little while. I really didn't follow it that much. Do you I know about it? I didn't follow it too closely other than the fact that like here's what you can glean from something called the Mormon mom swinger thing is that 
they're they're all these like you know hot you know like all the 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 that Mormon mom blogger Instagrammer sort of cohort they're like all extremely beautiful uh they all kind of look exactly the same mm. it's like an aesthetic about them but um there was like group of friends one and one of the couples got divorced and there had been like some chatter either like put out by them or about uh, their friend group that they had all been swingers or whatever but the one who was the the front woman of this drama put a video up a couple weeks ago that ended up going viral she and her husband got a divorce keep in mind these people are no older than 27 okay. and they all have, and they have kids and and they're they're a divorce and she does this i feel like i have to show it to you and you have to watch it like in real time as we're talking about it but she does yeah. this dance the new thing that a lot of this these women do and and gen z does is like they especially the very popular ones they get questions asked to them in the comments that are like sort of innocuous questions like this one was how are you and your ex-husband splitting up custody with your children and they put the comment in the video so you can read it on the screen and then they do like a sexy dance Mm -hmm. and then in text on the screen explain it so this one was like her (laughs) i actually can't even i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna embarrass myself by trying why don't you send it to my phone and then um i think that pete could probably put it into the video um just watch it i'm gonna watch you watch it (laughs) it's gonna bring me joy Oh, my God. (laughs) Three days on. Three days off. He takes them on the weekends. Isn't that so funny? Oh, my God. I had never... um, I had never really seen her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They all look like that, though. I'm having a physical reaction. I know. I know. That's very natural. It's very normal. I know. It's weird how intense my intense physical reaction to that. Yeah. Tony, you have to watch it. All right. Yeah. We need to you're know just, what you if you have the same reaction. You're going to hear whatever that's fine. Is, is. So, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's things like that that is why I don't look at TikTok. Yeah. 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 I have no desire. I want those types of things as far away from me as possible. It not even like a, It's not even a hate watch for me. Like it No, just, it's it, uncomfortable. It, yeah, yes. It, yeah. It sparked a very funny sort of parody trend where other people would be like, you know, imagining it, like it's 1996 and my parents just told me they're getting a divorce and like it's just these people like doing these like sad, sexy dances and the and the text on screen says like mom gets the Colorado house and the California house. Larry gets to marry his secretary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like to see that. Oh, uh-huh. my God. I think just the like the level of mental instability that's. Uh, wafting off of her is the vibe I get. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm realizing I don't really know your background and I would like to know. Okay. So you went to UMass Amherst. Where did you grow up? <laughs> in New York, in Westchester. 
Mm-hmm. Siblings? Yeah. Yes, I'm the oldest. There, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. What was your um? What was growing up in Westchester like? Fine, great. I mean, it was uh, very white. I think was um, something I would say. Like it's just not a lot of diversity. Um, which I think my parents figured out, like when they came to like a, you know, kindergarten like chorus concert or whatever, and they looked around, and they were like, oh, shit, because <laughs> um, they had moved up from the city also. Mm-hmm. And to the suburbs. And I think it was like a little like, oh, okay. Um, It was fine. I mean, you know, West, it's just like it's it's 60 minutes north of New York City. And so you sort of have this like sort of tangential like understanding of of New York. But I moved to Manhattan after college and realized that I didn't know shit about the city, regardless Mm -hmm. of how close to it I grew up. Did you... um was was being a writer the first thing that you wanted to be or like what were your first career aspirations oh my gosh no i was um like a pre-med neuroscience major for the first two years of college whoa but it turns out i'm not really good at that so i was like "Mm, (laughs) interesting so my dad's a writer my dad is like a journalist and it was definitely one of those experiences where you know when your parents like you know you have talent in this like you should do it you're like fuck no uh mm-hmm. not not if you tell me to so right. I, I really rejected that for a very long time and i went to college and said i want to be um a speech pathologist uh which i also really liked because i liked linguistics and i liked the science around that but then when you get into the neuroscience part of what is required of you to become a speech pathologist i bailed so fast what um, interested you in speech pathology um, I really wanted, I think like if my, like uh, the sliding doors of my life, what I, th- what I thought I really wanted to do was work with, um, uh, like geriatric patients, like stroke, uh, patients, which is like so different than <laughs> what I ended up doing. But I, but I was like, I, this is something that interests me. Um, I like people a lot. I love to talk. So I kind of got into a, a you know. Some would say having a podcast is similar, but, uh, you know, I thought that that was something that was like really interesting and enjoyable and it would like allow me to be around people and help people. And, um, but you have to cross such an incredible, uh, threshold of science to get there. Mm -hmm. And I just did not have the chops. Did you have some experience with, um, with someone who had had a stroke or like, was there, did you have a personal connection to this field? Interestingly enough, not really a lot of other, uh, a lot of other speech pathologists. So there's like kind of two tracks when you go into speech pathology. um, At least when you are like starting off in undergrad, you know, there's kind of like two different ways you can go in that, uh, what am I? What's the word I'm thinking of? There's just like two different ways you can go. You work with um, a lot of kid, a lot of people work with like uh, people who have autism um, mm-hmm. and who are nonverbal or who are uh, have to like delayed speech. Um, and then there are a lot of people who work with like older people who have suffered from strokes or other sort of like brain injuries that have impaired their speech. And I just thought I love old people. (laughs) Um, I have like a really close relationship with my grandparents. Um, 
And it wasn't like, oh, there wasn't something like so specific. But when you think about like, what are the things you can do? Like, what are different jobs you can have? Right. And, and college is sort of the first place you go where you're like, what is a job? And it sounds so silly now to say it, you know, like almost 20 years out. Uh, but like, when you get there, you're like, what do I want to do mm-hmm. for the rest of my entire fucking life? And I thought, okay, I like people. I think this is interesting. Um, and I also just think on a different note, like I bounced back and forth so much about what I wanted to do that I still maintain that no one should make an 18 year old decide what oh, they yeah. want to do and put them on some sort of path that they're not going to be able to like back out of. Yes. Yes. My uh, son, who's five from the time he was three, has been saying he wants to be a baker when he grows up. Yeah. Classic. And I and he still says this and he has this whole like dream. He's going to he wants to be a dessert chef. He's going to be a baker. He wants Owen, who's uh, his brother, who's three. He's going to be the chef. And recently Owen heard this and he's like, I can't be a chef. I'm three. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's a valid point. It's it a is valid I mean, point. Very, very much so. But yeah. um, Elliot has named the restaurant. And but anyway, I always think to myself, like, wouldn't that be nuts if it turns out that he actually is a dessert chef when he grows up? And like, yeah. he called it when he was three. Yeah. Because in my, you know, like. He'll pro- I, I imagine he'll probably go some other direction, but that'd be crazy if he like really did decide yeah. when he was three what it was going to be. Okay, I, I'm so sorry, back I, to you. I need real quick. Oh, yes. I need to know what the name of this restaurant is. Yeah, chefs, and, chefs and bakers. Chefs and all right. Yeah. <laughs> that actually is such a good name. That's such a good name. It's in Williamsburg. There's a like a line around the block. Your yeah. shitty ex boyfriend is there. He's waiting. <laughs> For, you know, the classic chefs and bakers. They saw it on Instagram. (laughs) Right. Wow. I hope, I actually hope, I hope this comes true. I I would like a reservation at chefs and bakers (laughs) in like 2045 or whatever year. Definitely. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, So, okay. So you're in college and you realize that particular direction is not anymore what you want to do because it's just too sciencey what happens at that point well at that point i'm like well fuck i have already been here for two years that does not leave me a ton of time you're either like i'm just i'm in it or Mm -hmm. i have to now swim against the current and figure out what i'm going to do and do it in the quickest amount of time possible my parents were incredible and paid for my college education, but we're very clear, like grad school, a fifth year because you fucked up. Uh, literally anything you want to pursue after this is like on your, do- like we are not paying a cent more. So I was like, I have to be done in the next two years or I'm on the hook. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, this is where I advocate for like, you know, 18 year olds not having to choose what they want to do because it kind of screwed me because like I actually only had a few options, right? Because it had to be something that I could do in two years. And a lot of majors you can do in three years. Um, and I was not going to pay that fifth year. Right. Uh, and so journalism, I almost, I sort of like went to my parents with my dad, especially like with my tail between my legs. And I was like, so it turns out like, uh, yeah, maybe I would want to do this. Um, it it was like a kind of it was a combination of like 
just accepting what I think I kind of already knew about myself, but was really trying to challenge. And also that it was kind of one of the few majors that I could do in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually still get my degree. Right. So you switched to journalism. I sure did. <laughs> uh, and then how was that? Cause I think my fantasy for you. Yeah. In the past. Yeah. Of which it's important that I have a fantasy for you in the past. It's important to me to hear that. Yeah. Would be that you switched and you're like, oh, my God, this is my passion. This is where I should have been all along. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Oh, my God. <gasps> that's exactly what happened. I great. I, I loved I great. it. Your your fantasy came true. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, I loved it so much. I was good at it. Uh, and there was also there's something that really clicked I met my best friends, like my two best friends from college also were journalism majors. I also like hated college. I, it just, I just didn't, again, 18 year olds cannot make choices for themselves. I did not choose a college for the right choices. Mm -hmm. I did not like, why did you choose that college? I don't know. It had like cute sweatshirts. Like, I think I really (laughs) had an idea of like what I was like, well, I, you know, I grew up in New York and I don't want to go to a state school in New York Mm. because you know, that signified what I don't know what it signified, but I was like, I want to get out of New York. What I went two hours north yeah. to Massachusetts. Um, you know, I thought I didn't like. I wasn't a big partier, but UMass is a big party school, and I don't know, like what what was my criteria? What was important to me? Who can say? I don't know. Um, but the two best friends I do have from college, I still talk to every single day, were people I met in in journalism class. Um. I loved it. It was something really kind of nice about being like, it is actually possible to be good at something and enjoy it. Whereas then I could look back at those first two years of school in the neuroscience and speech pathology um, and think, you know, I was, this wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. Like the, I should have like noticed earlier that like all of the struggle and, unenjoyment that there Mm -hmm. was in this for me was like a sign that it wasn't like a good fit. And it just, I don't know when you, when you find something that you're actually excited to learn about and then like you do a good job and then a professor's like, Hey, you're doing a great job. You're like, Whoa, like, Whoa, like I wasn't a good student growing up either. You know, like that just wasn't me. So it was really my first experience, like having someone say to me, like you're doing your, you know, this is good. You're getting it. I totally get I'm I'm relating to to a lot of aspects of your story like I don't want to go to this school cuz it's too close to home and I don't want to do this because my parents are pushing me in that direction and it's yeah. like that's why one of the things as a parent that I am going to try not to do is insert myself too much and I'm sure I'll mess up this I will mess this up but like I feel like it's well I know that what am I I'm trying to figure out like which which from which point of view I'm trying to say this. I think it's if you insert yourself too much, then your kid is pushing against you and not paying attention to their own, like the messages they're receiving from the universe because they're trying so hard just to force something to work because they don't want you to be right. I know that I had that experience a lot. Yeah. Like I knew something wasn't working out, but I couldn't let my parents win. So I had to pursue it anyway because I was like, because I, and I didn't know like, who I was fighting anymore. I just totally was fighting. And there's definitely something to be said for like 
a child, teenager, young adult figuring things out for themselves. But I also now I understand I look back at my parents and I'm like, yeah, with 30 years of like wisdom and life on me, like it's probably really difficult to be like, yeah, we know better than you. Because as a teenager, you're like, you don't know shit. But like if a seven year old like and you're probably almost at the point in parenting where like your kids are going to tell you like in the next five years, like you don't get it. And like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I you, you have no idea what it's like. And like, for me, I can remember seventh grade, like it was yesterday. It was horrible and traumatizing. But if like a 12 year old tried to tell me that I don't know what seventh grade is like, I'd be so insulted. Yeah. I would drop kick that seventh grader. I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know with your low rise jeans. But I think it's, it's really hard to, as a 18 year old to see, your parents or authority figure like there's just a fine line between like someone guiding you and who like wants the best for you and kind mm-hmm. of like can do that because they have more world experience and life experience and of course they know more than you do and being like yeah you're on your own journey and like you know we right. support that and figure it out but i'm pretty sure my parents were like you barely passed math in high school i don't know why you're a, like a pre-med student <laughs> but like good luck <laughs> um Seventh grade was traumatizing for me, too. The worst of all grades. The worst. Uh, Okay, so at some point you started writing fiction, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Well, I mean, classic. You know, you I majored in journalism. I graduated in 2009. The recession, we were like six months into the recession. There were no jobs. So I had this degree um, in this, uh, in this, art and this craft that I couldn't use because at that point there were no BuzzFeeds, there were no business insiders, like there are no, you know, there's no blogs where they were hiring like 22-year-olds at like $28,000 a year to just like push out stuff that they find on Reddit and like make it into a slideshow, (laughs) which I was dying to do. Um, And I'm not saying that (laughs) sarcastically, I was dying to do it. But you know, if you wanted to work at like the New York Times, you wanted to work at the Wall Street Journal, you had to go to grad school. You had to go to journalism school at like Medill or mm-hmm. Columbia or like, but again, I wasn't paying for that. And again, I knew everything. So at 22, I'm like, I don't think that uh, Medill could teach me anything. I'm pretty sure I know it all after my two years and <laughs> getting this journalism uh, degree done as fast as I could, but there were no jobs. So for the first four years out of college, I worked, I was having that experience again of like, having to do a job that I wasn't either excited by or very good at and like not ever getting any sort of <laughs> constructive, positive reinforcement that I was doing a good job. So every day at work was horrible. And what I was your job? Oh, oh, what wasn't my job? Actually, funnily enough, the first job I had out of college was at the nonprofit arm of the visiting nurse service of New York. So I was actually in a space that I probably would have found myself in had I stayed on oh, that is nuts. the speech pathology yeah. track, but I was just in an admin like paperwork space and not right. a actually on the field doing this job space. That was horrible for so many reasons. One being that I was the youngest person in that office by like 17 years. <laughs> uh, two is the um, people call home health aid services most of the time when someone in their family is in their last chapter Mm -hmm. and needs help and needs care. Um, and essentially just sort of like needs to be comfortable in this like last stage of life that up against just graduating from college and being forced to 
kind of think about all the time like the fun is over and now I just work for the rest of my life until I die and then that job being like everyone around you at work is thinking about people who are dying and dealing with families whose family members are dying and like being really aware of your own mortality and so like that was really difficult for so many reasons um and I worked there for about a year and then I worked at a hotel where I lied uh, during the job interview and said, like, I'm so organized. I'm, like, very type A. Like, I love a <laughs> spreadsheet. I'm, like, very unproductive. Big self-starter. Uh, none of which were at the time true. And they figured that out very quickly. But I had that job for, like, two years. And that what was, was your job? And I was, what um, was the hotel? So it was the Grand Hyatt New York on 42nd and Lexington. It was the hotel that's attached to Grand Central Terminal. Um, I was a catering wow coordinator Mm. i have repressed (laughs) those years and i don't know what that job was but essentially whether you were a uh hosting a wedding or a meeting i was working with the catering manager who was like setting that up for you like okay do you need a intercom in the room do you need wi-fi at the time it was hardwire ethernet mm-hmm. um and i was in charge of it was honestly I look back on it now i'm like this is the easiest job in the world but i could not get my dick up for it because i was like i hate this and i was procrastinating everything but it was like you know organize emails you know like to make some copies of this thing and i just like wouldn't do it mm-hmm. i was like a nightmare i feel bad for all the people whose assistant i was because i probably made their job much harder um and then i went to a nonprofit, and then it was at that point so like all throughout this time i'm calling my parents and like crying and being like it's not fair i just want to be a writer and once i threatened that i was going to quit my job and be a freelance writer my dad was like you don't know anyone like if you want to be a freelance writer you have to have connections you have to have people who are going to publish your work you have to have like no people and you don't know anybody and i was like that is so mean but it was true <laughs> And my parents were like, you can't quit your job because you have to pay your rent. Like, I wasn't living at home. I lived in the city. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And my parents are very like, oh, you don't like your job? And like, that was also the perception of millennials, you Mm -hmm. know, 15 years ago, which was like, millennials just want to be the CEOs and the girl bosses. And like, they don't want to do hard work. And like, the boomers were mad because it was like, when I was your age, like, my boss would like hit me. And (laughs) it was... It was <laughs> threw a phone at me. Yeah, threw a phone yeah. at me. They threw their beeper at me. Or like, you know, <laughs> I had to fix the copy machine. And I just, my parents were like, there's nothing we can do. You can't yeah. go freelance. Like, you're not going to make any money. Like, this is not going to work. So my dad was just like, look, you're a writer. Figure out a way to write. And, and you know, one day it, it will work out. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, no, that's not how it works. Mm. But it was around that time, too, that everyone, like, had a WordPress. Everyone had a blog. So I started a blog, and I was writing a lot. And I met all these other bloggers who were also sitting on the internet writing to no one who was reading their blogs. And that was, like, a big thing in 2010. You know, yeah. like, everyone just had a blog. And, and some people, like, really... <laughs> sword right there are people today who i see on instagram who i'm like i was reading your blog at my shitty n- job 11 like years ago like pink peon peonies sorry pink peonies pink mm-hmm. peonies rachel parcel the original mormon girl influencer mm-hmm. living in her rich mormon mansion with her husband who looks like a robot and <laughs> she has so much money and they have like a whole room in their house that's that's beautiful and it's a bathroom for their dogs 
Oh my god, I gotta look her up. I don't know her. Oh my god, Allison, I envy how not in this world you are. I know. I thought you were gonna say like Emily from Gawker. Or oh, like Emily totally Gold. Different. Yeah, sure, Emily Gold for sure. Yeah. That whole right, yeah. I was reading that. I was reading like mommy blogs. I was like really into that when I was twenty one for some reason. But like you know, there was the internet was so small back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just writing on my own, and then I got really lucky and I made a parody Twitter account in 2012 before that was an embarrassing thing to do. And it was, was just that away- Hey ladies. No, it was away messages. It was called oh. your away message and it was just like dashboard confessional, <laughs> but it was also in 2012. And I was like doing like 2005 throwbacks, which is as if that is as if I woke up today, I'm like, and said, I'm going to make a 2015 like <laughs> Instagram account. Yeah. Like it's just, it was, it's weird. Like it had its own thing, but it, it, it like went pretty viral overnight, real, truly overnight. It was in Gawker. It was in BuzzFeed. It, it was on Z100. It was in the approval matrix in New York Magazine. And I had like done it. I'm like, oh, my God, I had created something that was viral. And then I just called my parents and I was like, oh, my God, I'm quitting my job. And they were like, to do what? Tweet for free? No. <laughs> once again, you're all not quitting your job. Um, but I, I, try, I use that to sort of get into a newsroom and that's what I did and that and I was really lucky that someone thought that that was a really good uh showcase of my ability to be in a newsroom that's awesome and so what newsroom was that I went to business insider in 2013 I was like an an internet reporter I like literally looked on reddit and like did my my dream job your dream job of slideshows exactly that's so so that's so did that truly like you just went to bed one night and it was viral the next day like completely yes. organically Absolutely. you hadn't like so, sent it to anyone or anything i so no this is what happened and you know you said earlier you remember where you were on 9-11 yeah 2001 i made this account on 9-11 2012 so i also remember where i was on 9-11 <laughs> two different 9 yeah and wow. i was riding the um m79 bus over to my friend's house on the west side and i lived on the east and uh dave matthews band came on my shuffle and it was like just taken me back to, I don't know, five years earlier. And I was just remembering how, like, I got in. I love Dave Matthews Band. I still do to this day. But I got into Dave Matthews Band to try to get a guy to think I was, like, deep. And I would put Dave Matthews Band lyrics as my way oh message gosh. because I was, like, he, I want him to know that I, like, feel, you know, I feel mm-hmm. hard and deeply yeah. about a lot of different things. And I was just remembering how, like, funny that was. And, like, there was, like, such a an essence to the away message, like, the font and the way that you spelled things and sort of like that language. And I just thought, Oh, I'm going to make like a Twitter account that just tweets like what away messages were. And I told one friend, I was like, why one friend who had like 600 followers, I said like the person whose house I went over to after I said like, can you just retweet it? Like, let's just get it. Can you just get it out there? I didn't tell anybody it was me for a week. And by the end of the night, it had 112 thousand followers that's so cool yeah and what, it was what, amazing is it still up is it still there it's still up but it's defunct i haven't touched it in yeah. years and, and what years was it called years. again your away message your away message mm-hmm. um that's so cool okay so uh this is an abrupt this is an abrupt segue but i think we should do just me or everyone or hey go fuck yourself yeah. or both do you have a just me or everyone I, I have I have both 
Um, and I do have a Just Me or Everyone. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. We have a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. This is where people write in with things they think or do, and we wonder is it just and they wonder is it just me or everyone, and we let them know, and uh, we sometimes do them from our guests. And today we're going to hear what Caroline's just me or everyone is. I take it away. I toggled between two, okay. but I'm going to go with one that I think I'm embarrassed about when, and I don't let other people except for my husband witness it because it's hard to not let him witness it because we live together. I can't listen to music in the car. It puts me in like a trance, the Mm -hmm. rhythm. And uh, I like podcasts a lot, but also people talking, um, just like one person or two people talking puts me in a trance. Mm -hmm. So in the car, I put on television shows. I don't watch them. I just listen to them. Every single time I'm in the car, every time I'm driving. Like you just put put it on YouTube? No, like, yeah, like Hulu or Netflix, and it'll just, like, stream through my car audio. And I always wonder when I'm sitting in traffic, if if someone came down and said, like, everyone, like, who is watching, who is listening to television on their car ride? Raise your hand. I imagine I'm probably the only one who's raising my hand. That is... I the, truly think... Yeah. This might be... Just me. The first true just you. I mean, not really, but like, this is amazing. I love this. I love this so much because my husband, he doesn't commute anymore. Um, but I know that he will put on video podcasts, but my suspicion has always been that he steals a glance every now and again, even though he shouldn't be like, yeah. But just to put on a TV, like really a TV show just to listen to it. I mean, I'm sure you're not the only one and people will write in and let us know that. But I don't know of anyone that actually that does that. Well, I want to I want to find my people. So I hope there is somebody else out there. But yeah, Um, tweet, tweet, A-R-I at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. I I have a question real quick about this. Mm -hmm. I'm curious why a TV show that I would have people talking is different right. than a podcast. Good <sighs> question. I I think it is like the the narrative of it like like a I I don't love fictional podcasts. I've tried them. I don't like fictionalized mm. podcasts. Audiobooks I cannot I just the like find a duller voice. I just can't like <laughs> I I can't it's just like a drone in my ear and it's not there's I'm Understand, I'm in the minority. People love audiobooks. Like, I want to love audiobooks. And I do love listening to celebrities read their own memoirs because I find that I like can listen to that. For some reason, the the listening to, like, a story play out and characters and conversations and and I will note that it has to be something I've already seen. I can't be listening to something. I have mm-hmm. to be able to imagine it in my head. It's just, I don't know. It's just, that's, that, that's it. Are we talking like a drama or a comedy or anything? It's anything that I have that I like really just know the ins and outs of. So like, you know, um, and and I've been doing this since I was driving back and forth to college. Mm -hmm. So we're like going on like 20 years almost. And I would listen to Desperate Housewives on my video iPod. And I would listen to it as I drove up to UMass. (sighs) And... 
Um, it really can be anything, like, but classic ones that I tend to go to are, like, seasons of Real Housewives that I've seen a lot. Those voices are comforting to me. Mm -hmm. The screen, the women shrilly screaming at each other over inconsequential things is, I love that. That put, that eases me. (laughs) Um, uh, Law and Order I've done before. Gilmore Girls I've done before. I've done Seinfeld before. It's just like familiar voices. Kind of like, I don't have to think too hard. Hear my own thoughts. Um, But yeah, it really, it, I can't do music. Music will like, Dri- no matter what mm-hmm. it is i will just like, drift off yeah interesting mm-hmm. i have definitely podcasts have definitely put me in a trance before i've definitely like okay i'm i want to hear this part and then i'm like i tuned out again right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um yes okay i i have a, a related and it's actually not really it's only very tangentially related just me or everyone um I and I only did this once, but I was very, very into Dexter Uh, and I was getting on an airplane and I really wanted to like download this is many years ago. I really wanted to download the next couple episodes onto my iPad or computer or whatever. And for whatever reason, like I couldn't get them on, but I could get the scripts. I don't know how. So I just like printed out the scripts and I read them on the airplane and it really felt as if I had seen the episodes. Have you ever been so into a show that just reading the scripts themselves makes you feel like you, and I don't even remember. I just know that I was like, it really feels like I had watched them. I love, first of all, I, I love, I love that. Um, second of all, I used to buy a lot of those sort of like Dawson's Creek, like beyond the creek, like books that did have a lot of like, you know, like fun facts, but then also different scenes like written out. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the fact that I've already seen the episode, I did find some really big enjoyment in revisiting from a visual place, a reading place. Yeah. Um, Wow. I love that. You were like, I can't, we do not have the Wi-Fi in place to download this episode of Dexter. I will read the script. <laughs> I like, I just need to know. I need to know what's going to happen. And by the way, I never didn't they reboot Dexter? I never watched the final season of Dexter, and then or the final couple two seasons, like Grey's Anatomy. I stopped watching. But you were and so I, committed to it. Don't you want to know what happened? Yeah, kind of. I think I know what happened, but I didn't because you read with the it. script. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then they rebooted it, and I thought about watching it again, but then I didn't. I don't know. You know, I I shacked up with my husband, the husband-to-be at that time, and then he had some real, like, he was anti-Dexter for whatever reason. Men are always killing the dreams of women. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Is he not into, like... Serial killer fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he felt like he just had some strong feelings. He he also enjoyed it. And then he felt like it just got too brutal at a certain point. And then I felt like, well, I didn't feel that before. But now that you make this case for it, I guess I see what you mean. Oh, well, goodbye, yeah. Dexter. Right. Wow. It's just pissed all over my love of that show. Yeah, truly yeah. pissed on it. By the way, you and we don't have time to go into this because I know that you kind of have a heart out. Um, 
we do, and we do have to do our hey, go fuck yourself. But just very, very briefly, I want to touch on the fact. I know I'm giving you a lot of mixed messages right now. Very briefly, I want to touch on the fact that we also communicated over the fact that we have gone on a similar political trajectory of having husbands who were your husband was a Bernie bro to a degree, right? To a absolute degree, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now Daniel would not identify as a Bernie bro. He just really, you know loves Bernie. So to, you know, uh, but we both had Bernie bro husbands have Bernie bro husbands and we couldn't stand them talking about it. And it was a real wedge in our marriage. And yet you and I have both found ourselves moving. Bernie babes. I, I mean, I, I don't identify that way. And I also don't <laughs> really care to con- consume much Bernie content, but I find myself swinging. I find myself finding the sense and all that stuff that Daniel was yammering on about before. Yeah. Well, first of all, my husband's also Daniel. So oh. I, was con- I was just briefly confused. And then I realized <laughs> other people can be named Daniel. Yes. Um, yeah. I think in, I think in 2016, oh, first of all, yeah, the Trump presidency like ruined a lot for yeah. a lot of people. For me personally, I felt like, the idea that like there is a fair side of politics or that there is a good party and a bad party is like no longer how I feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think growing up too, where my parents are very liberal. And so that was just sort of like drilled into us. Right. And you're just like, the, you know, these are the good people and these are the bad people. And then I think after 2016 um, and like just starting to really, really pay attention and understand what was going on. I was like, Ooh, everyone's bad. Everyone, mm-hmm. no one here is doing a good job. Oh, I still feel that one side is like pure evil though. I do. T- I do too, but I don't, but I, but my, um, my frustration with, Democrats that I did not have yeah, before 2016 yeah, yeah, is this idea that just saying being the party who is not the pure evil party yeah, is not, not enough. enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. Um, yes. And it used to bother me to hear Daniel talk about a third my party, Daniel. a better way. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to vote for someone who has, you know, 17, I'm not going to vote for someone who's running for insurance commissioner who has 17 Instagram followers who doesn't believe in insurance. Like, and that's an actual person who was running. And Daniel's <laughs> thing is like, you vote for them to move the party to the left. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but uh, it would pain me to hear him bitching and moaning so much about Democrats all the time because it almost felt like I like I feel like you're um, blaming the victim in a way but like I'm beginning to understand that he was seeing it from a different uh, vantage point and I I understand where he was coming from and also like just the end like he just has just the constant Biden bashing the constant Nancy Pelosi bashing but like I kind of under I understand where he's coming from now because like the truth is Things aren't going so great. No, I mean, but also Democrats have like not. Am I ever going to vote for a Republican? No. Am I always going to vote for whoever's on the non-Republican ticket? Yeah. Yes. I think the point that Dan was my Dan was trying to make a long time ago was that like I did not ever believe like it always felt like, well, it's not the time yeah. for like a third party. Like, because if we if we focus too much on like a third party, then we're like definitely going to hand this election to Trump. But honestly, we ha- handed it to Trump anyway. And 
and I and I really get frustrated because look like regard regardless of what we grew up believing like a Democrat meant, what being liberal meant, mm-hmm. all of the all of these people are so old. Yeah. And we are much more progressive generationally yes. than these old Democrats. And that's and we are less progressive than 22 year olds and that is like actually like a bomb for me because Mm -hmm. i'm like i really want to get to a place where i am like in my 70s and they're like b-a-l-m or b-o-m-b no b-a-l-m okay balm yeah like that see that's the new yorker in me it's like the same word (laughs) i think but yeah i mean i don't i want i would hope that by the time i'm 65 and 70 my like grandchildren are like fuck off like you know nothing Mm -hmm. like you know, right. the same way that I think a lot of people have conversations with their parents about pronouns like over and over and over again. And and boomers get upset, or at least the ones I know, get upset because it's like, how dare you tell me mm-hmm. that like I am not open minded enough to understand pronouns like I didn't want the war in Vietnam to happen. And it's like <laughs> that that is like the absolute like divide. Like we get continuously yes. progressive yeah. every new generation and i think like the problem with like democrats right now is like that definition of liberalism and and like the idea of being progressive like is not doesn't cut it anymore and um according to my daniel i don't even think the word liberal cuts it anymore no i mean it doesn't i mean you your liberal doesn't mean liberal what does I think it mean means. something but yeah. i think if you not want to what tell we people, want it progressive is what yeah we're progressive is what we want mm-hmm. yeah yeah so anyway, we have the same Dan <laughs> We do. Dan and Daniels, yeah. The so. Bernie Dans. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So let's do a round of Hey Go Fuck Yourself. Do you have someone you'd like to oh, do them? Okay. Well, it's a it's an it's an it's a streaming platform. That's <laughs> Does that great. Count? Okay. Yeah. Hey Hulu. Oh no, hey, sorry. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, now I say it. You can explain why, yeah. Hey Hulu. What the fuck? Like I have paid diligently every single month, seven ninety five, and then when they gave me the ad free option, I upgraded, and now I pay like thirteen fucking dollars a month. And one of the reasons why I keep subscribing to Hulu, even though it is clearly like the inferior streaming app, is that they have all of the Real Housewives seasons from seasons one to wherever they are on Hulu, like Old Faithful. They've always been there, years and years and years. You can always count. Real Housewives, whatever season you want and whatever city you want, they are available to you. Like I said, the women screaming puts me to sleep. I rely on that while I drive and while I go to bed. And the other day I was like, I want to go back into Hulu. I know they have Orange County. I want to watch the season where like Shannon Bedore comes and puts nine lemons in a bowl because it's good for the crystal state of her house. Hulu took off the first 10 seasons of Orange County. No warning, inexplicable. All the other seasons of Cities are there. And now all of a sudden on Hulu, where there has always been a Real Housewives available to me, they only have seasons 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Oh no, just 11 through 14. And I don't want to watch 11 through 14. I wanted to watch season nine. And then I had to go to Peacock and you cannot not have ads on Peacock. So I'm building in an extra like 12 minutes of my day to watch ads, I, sure I feel like an ad-free peacock. Tony, that's not the point. Okay, <laughs> sorry, it's, I'm, it's I'm not, sorry. It's, I mean, it actually is the point, and I will have to look into that because that would solve a lot of my problems. But 
I felt like in the week where it's like, oh, you look at the news and it's like, wow, like the FBI is like storming Mar-a-Lago. Like there are a lot of like fuck yous that could have been on the table this week. Mm. But I picked Hulu because yeah. I really wanted to watch that season. Mm. And I think it's rude. Like I'm paying like, you know, who- streaming used to be the alternative to paying for cable. And now I think I just pay like seven hundred dollars for every single yeah. fucking streaming app. And it's not actually saving me money. Yeah. So, hey, Hulu. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I feel good about that. Caroline Moss, this has good. been so delightful. Um, Let everyone know where they can find you, what they need to look out for. I'm going to be pestering you now to come back on the group show because this was so much fun. I feel like we could talk about anything. I would love that. So you can follow my speech pathology. So you can follow... Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my geriatric Instagram. Uh, G thinks just bought it pod, which is the longest Instagram name I know, but it's there. It's G thinks just bought it pod on Instagram. That's where like you can find all the links, the shopping sales, everything that's there. You can listen to new episodes on Fridays, and that's kind of the only places I I have taken a vow of silence on Twitter, and it's been great for my mental health. So don't find me there. Oh, that's really good. Um find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. I'm actually on TikTok as well. I think I'm just Allison <laughs> pausing. Rosen. Pausing. I'm pausing. Before yeah. <laughs> I'm either Allison Rosen or I'm Allison Rosen BFF. Just look for the picture of Wendy. I should change it to me at some point. Uh, and then listen to my other podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's my lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays and Childish with Greg Fitzsimmons. Comes out every other Wednesday. I am on Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> patreon.com slash Allison Rosen just put out uh, a really vulnerable, personal, dark and the weird uh, episode of uh, the friend zone. Just me talking, sharing uh, some old hot gossip. Uh, and then I, I read an old email I got that had been in my mind lately. I was just thinking about how fucked up it was. So I decided to share it because that's what Patreon is for. And then uh, an old story, but I got some new info that made me rethink about the old story. So it's, it's old stuff. Um, and I put it out there and then I felt weird about it because it's like so personal. Uh, but then the reception has been really kind. So, and then there's also love where you can text me. There's all sorts of stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Sign up for a year, get two months free. Uh, and um, I am also on Cameo. And Tony, what about you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And my podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And uh, much to Allison's delight, a handful more Motion City shows uh, in God. September. So <laughs> MotionCitySoundtrack.com. You can find tickets links there. Watch your arm. Careful. Great. I think, yeah. I, I think I'm going to be just fine. Okay. Um. This has been so much fun, you guys. Thank you, listeners. That was thank you. so fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. 